In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So today's gospel is a very well-known passage. Um, it's well-known because, number one, it's the longest one that we read throughout the entire year. So congratulations. You just made it through the, entire, the longest gospel of the entire year, and your reward is you'll be hearing it again in a few weeks when we get to Lent. This gospel is read, actually, no, it's the second longest. Who knows what's longer than this one? Samaritan woman, maybe is about the same, but there's one that's longer. This one is, uh, so actually right, Samaritan woman is 42 verses, this was 38 verses, but there's one that's 45 verses. Lazarus, very good. And that's also read twice per year. The longest ones the church gives us twice per year, just because that's what the church likes to do. When it's nice and long, it likes us to have those a couple times per year. So even though this gospel is a long gospel, but it's a beautiful gospel. And it's one of those guys, you just heard the story, you know it very well. It's a man who was born blind, and then Jesus came and healed him by putting clay on his, spitting on some dirt, putting some clay on his eyes, telling him to go wash, and he received back his eyesight. I would say that the majority of us, as we read this, at least me, if you're like me, you read this, and it kind of resonates with something on the inside. Like there's something touching and beautiful about this passage. There's something that hits me on the inside and makes me feel kind of warm and fuzzy on the inside. But it does that despite, I would say for the majority of us, being completely irrelevant. The gospel is completely irrelevant unless you were born blind. And I don't want to make light of it, like I know some people have eye problems, some people go through stuff, but if you can see with both of your eyes, like I can see with both of my eyes, I look at this gospel and I say somehow it touches me, but I can't really relate to it. So how can a gospel that's so irrelevant be so touching, to be so moving? Well, what I want to talk about here today is that when we read about this story about the man who was born blind, there's different ways to approach blindness. Okay, so of course there's physical blindness. Again, I'm not trying to make light of that. I know people who have relatives who suffer with blindness, so I'm not trying to make light of that. But I would say the majority of us, that's not our thing. So is this gospel irrelevant to us because we can see well, there's a spiritual blindness, but it's not the spiritual blindness that you might be think I'm talking about. Like often we think of physical blindness, we know what that is, and then we think of spiritual blindness, people who don't know that Jesus is God, and people who are not Christian, and people who are far away from God. And we say, thank God that's not us. And thank God that's not us. But I think there's another kind of blindness that we do need to be careful of. Okay, and I'm going to get a little philosophical right here, but y'all are smart, because y'all are smart people, you have a smart priest, so I know y'all can handle this. Is that if you read, like, in the, the writings of a lot of the church fathers, they talk about something called the eye of the mind, or the eye of the heart. You've heard this word before? Okay, the eye of the heart, or the eye of the mind. There's a Greek word, called, Greek word for it, it's called nous, N-O-U-S. And we actually talk about this... If you're sharp and you pay attention, you know during Holy Week, we have different readings. And one of the readings that we have is the homilies. Homily of our Holy Father, our Shruti, the Archimedes, may his blessing be with us all, amen. And then there's a conclusion to that reading. Does anyone know what the conclusion is? We conclude the homily of our Holy Father, Saint, Saint Shruti, the Archimedes, who enlightened our minds and the eyes of our hearts. 
That's what we say. But it's usually as we're like about to get up, okay, and stand up and start doing the dhinas, the prayers. So it's like, we conclude the homily of our Holy Father. It's kind of like that. But it says, we conclude the homily of our Holy Father, insert church father name, who enlightened our minds and the eyes of our hearts. So what I want to talk about today is what does it mean to have blindness or maybe impaired vision, not in this one, but in this one, in the eyes of the hearts. And I think, I think that this is something that's relevant to every single person right here. Because let me tell you what I see today. I see it in myself and I see it in so many others. I see great people. Like this born blind man. Okay, we're going to look at his physical blindness and, and kind of relate it to us in like a, a, a spiritual way right here. His blindness. He was a good dude. And by the end of the story, you see that once his blindness was healed, he was great. But he lived a very subpar below average, miserable life because of the blindness of his heart or the blindness of his eyes. But we'll say with the, the blindness caused him to live a subpar life. And I see that today. I see many good people, many good people who are living subpar, distorted, not to their fullest potential lives because of a blindness of the heart. And when I say that, I don't mean again, I don't mean this kind of blindness. And I don't mean the walking away from the faith. What I mean is, it's this kind of a distorted way of thinking. Let me tell you what my verse was. Okay, who was is, who is here on New Year's Eve? Who was here on New Year's Eve who came out to Arlington? Okay, so just a very few people. I know a lot of people travel. But what we do on New Year's is we hand out a verse for everyone. Okay, like a promise for the new year. And let me tell you my verse. Mine is 2 Timothy 1.7. Anybody know what it is? 2 Timothy 1.7. You get first in communion today if anyone knows 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of Power, love, and sound mind. Okay, that was pathetic. Okay, for God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. Repeat after me. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and a sound mind. So it's that sound mind piece that I see many people today who are living subpar lives because of the soundness of the mind. And what does that mean? That means that could be a myriad of things. That could be, we'll start with the easiest one is fear. A lot of people are very good people who have a lot of potential, but I see the potential being sucked out of lives because of these fearful thoughts and fear of unknown and fear of what could be and fear of what might. And sometimes I sit with someone and I see fear, 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 fear. And I'm like, you realize you're scared of a hundred things. You have fear of a hundred things. And you know, at most, one of them will happen. At most, one will happen. But you're going to spend a lot of energy to fear one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, up to a hundred. And that's causing you to live subpar. And at most, at most, one of them will happen. At most. And often, even that one is not going to happen. So what's that? That's a blindness of the inner eye. That's, that's a distortion of our way of thinking. That's causing us to live like the blind man, to live like this. And we don't know what's over there. We're scared over there. So we're living subpar lives. That could be anxiety. Anxiety used to be something like someone would say, I have anxiety. And that's like a thing that's a unique thing. Now it's not. Now it's what's your anxiety? We live in an anxiety filled world where it's just become normal that we live like I have a, a, a wife, a son, a daughter, a dog, and an anxiety. 
What's the name of your son? What's the name of your anxiety? Like it's just, it's seen as a common thing that, that that's just, and we accept that blindness. But what I'm telling you, that blindness is causing us to live subpar. Is an anxiousness that, that pervades every one of our thoughts and all of our day. We carry it around, like I said, like we carry a backpack. And imagine somebody who's carrying a big, heavy backpack. He's going to live a subpar life. It could be a distorted way of thinking about yourself. Like I know some people who no matter what their achievements, what their accomplishments, always feel like they're not good enough. And they always feel like I'm subpar. That could be physically, that could be intellectually, that could be career-wise, that could be relationally. And I'm telling you, that way of thinking will lead to subpar living. I believe so much in this. Okay, and it's come to me so much to my attention. You know, I'm like a signs from God kind of a guy. Okay, so over the past like week, I decided I was praying about what the next series is going to be in the well after this current series. And I wanted to do a series about thoughts, about exactly about this topic, because again, that was my verse and God's been putting that. And then since that time, like three people, one gave me a book, one sent me a, a text message yesterday with an article to read, another person in the conversation said something about the power of thoughts and the power of thoughts. So I said, this is from God for sure, because the power of our thoughts dictates how we end up living our life. Let's go to this guy right here. Okay, in the story. The story, let's look at his physical blindness. We're not going to go through all the 38 verses. We'll just go through the first three or four. His physical blindness as a parallel to my spiritual blindness or my blindness of the eye of the heart. Okay, that distorted way of seeing. It said in the beginning that here we go. Jesus passed by, saw a man who was blind from birth. So he was blind from birth. And many of us, so that means he'd been blind for a long time means he can't remember not being blind. So when somebody is living this fear-filled, this anxiety-filled, this distorted way of, of seeing them, this lack of self-belief in themselves, this, this feeling of like God is against me, or God doesn't want to, like whatever it is you're distorted thinking, whatever it is, it feels like it's been there forever. And it has been there forever, seemingly. And you can't remember a time without it. So you just kind of got accustomed to, that's your identity. Okay, this was the man born blind. That was his identity. Oh, who's that? Oh, that's Shreve. Oh, that's Christian. Oh, that's the man born blind. That's his name. Just like they had the name for the adulterous woman or the Samaritan. Like that's his, that's his identity. And a lot of us, that's our identity. Well, who are you? I'm fear. Everywhere I go, I'm fear. And, we kind of, and my kids make a joke about it, about like mom's always worried, mom's always worried. But that's the truth is, is that it's, it's, it was a ha-ha joking kind of a thing. But I live a subpar life and my kids live very subpar lives because of my fear. The people around me can't live normal lives. They're on eggshells because of my temper. Whatever it may be, born blind. And his disciples asked him saying, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? So the automatic, the starting point is that I must have done something wrong or I must be a bad person or God must be against me or something like that. And Jesus made it clear, no, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed to him. And what I want to say there is very important for you with whatever that blindness may be. For all of us, whatever that blindness may be, God wants to be glorified in that area. Exactly that area. Did you know that? That the area that God wants to work mightiest in my life is the area that's the worst in my life. It's not like I'm strong in this area, so God wants to, to be glorified in this. No, because where I'm strong, I'm glorified. But where God is glorified is in the area that you're the weakest, those who struggle with the distorted thinking, listen carefully. God wants to heal you. God wants to redeem you. And God wants to use you as a source of redemption for others. 
That's the area that God's like, I'm going to be most glorified in Father Anthony's life. Where? In his weakness, in his blindness, in the area that he's like, I can't take this. This is the worst. That's the area I want to work. That's the area I want to redeem. That's the area I want to spend my whole time in. And I want to use it to glorify my name in that area. And then it says later, they say he spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. What's the pool of Siloam? He said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. The pool of Siloam doesn't make much sense for the physically blind guy. Like it doesn't make sense. Like it's just water. If water would have healed it, like I'm sure the guy's taken a bath before. But the pool of Siloam makes sense for us in our spiritual blindness. Why? Because here's the part. Okay, let me say it this way. Follow me here. Jesus healed this guy of his blindness. But I don't think Jesus, just stick with me right here, you'll understand. Jesus didn't really do a miracle here. This is not really a miracle. The way we would call a miracle. Miracle means, like, here's where you started, and you did this. This is not a miracle. This is simply a fixing of what was broken. This is how the guy was designed to live. This wasn't like an upgrade. This was a restoration. This was, this was not like um, a, a product that you bought over here and I'm gonna supercharge it. No, 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 no. This was a product that came out the box like this, but something happened to it along the way. So all Jesus was really doing was restoring it back to its original state. Jesus was not doing a miracle. Jesus was simply restoring the man to his original state. And I know you say he was born blind, but I mean mankind's original state was not to be blind. And your original state for all of us, again, it's not the anxiety, it's not the fear, it's not the stress, it's not the comparison, it's not the what did she think, it's not the will I ever, that's not our original state, that's not how we're designed to live. That's a subpar state that we, we got, we, we're in right now. But when Jesus sent the man to wash, for us, this is very important. A power of a sound mind, there's a lot of dirt that enters into our mind these days. A lot of dirt. And that dirt has an impact. You may not realize the impact, but the state, the subpar state that we live in, often is caused by the dirt that we allow into our lives. So you know the solution? Is we need to wash. And we need to wash regularly. And if I know I went out and played in the dirt for a minute, I need to go wash my hands for a minute. Right, parents? But let's say I went and played in the dirt for an hour. A minute isn't going to fix an hour. I might need to shower for maybe not an hour, but you know where I'm going with this. The more time I spend in the dirt, the more time I need to spend in the washing. Well, the problem that we have today, the reason why we are increasing in our anxieties, our stresses, our fears, our distorted thinking, the reason why is the amount of time in the dirt keeps going up, 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 up. And the amount of time in the washing keeps going down, 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 down. It's, it's 100% of the time. Let me tell you how these conversations go. 100% of the time. The struggling with all the stuff, the blindness that I talked about, I want to talk about that again. Struggling with that. And then the, my response is, are you reading your Bible? Are you spending time in prayer? 
And no, Father Anthony, I can't do that because I'm so stressed. I can't do that because I'm so busy. I can't do that. So what you're saying is, I got so much dirt, so much dirt, so much dirt that I don't have time to wash. That's one plus one equals two. That's not spirituality. That's not theology. That's not Bible. That's math. One plus one equals two. More time in dirt, less time in washing, equals dirtier life, dirtier mind, dirtier thoughts. And dirtier thoughts leads to subpar living, which leads to more misery for me and everyone around me. So our message for today, very simple. Our message for today is very simple, is that we need to live as we were created to live. We were not created to live blind. We were not created to live with these things that are debilitating, where we are, okay, as I look at, like I said, beautiful people, intelligent people, successful people. I really say, like, I'm not just saying this because I'm being humble. Some things I say just to be humble. This I'm saying because I really mean it. Because I really believe that the people that I'm looking out in front of me, the people that I deal with here at STSA, I believe are very talented and very skilled and very accomplished. And there's, you guys, you set your, more than me, you set your mind to something, you accomplish it. And that's very evident. Well, here's the area that we need to set our minds to, to keep this area clean and washed. And we need to be as diligent as, 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 as diligent as we attack those straight A's or A's and B's. Okay. Diligent the way we attack our business and being successful in our business. Diligent the way we attack everything in life that we want. We need to attack this in the same way. That 2024 needs to be the year of washing this guy. Okay, the word brainwashing, I understand has a negative connotation and I'm not saying, okay, but I'm saying just, if you think about it, anything washing is good. Hand washing is good. Okay, feet washing is good. Brainwashing is good, other than like the, the weird cult twisted kind of way. But you know what I'm trying to say? Okay, maybe brain cleansing, mind cleansing. Okay, that's what it needs to be. Hand washing, feet washing, brain cleansing. That's what it needs to be. And that means more time in the word, more time in prayer. Not being, not being satisfied with just, you know what? 10 second prayer here, what I call the good luck prayer. You know the good luck prayer? The good luck prayer is, I know I'm supposed to pray every morning. I know priests can ask me if I prayed. So it's the old, also bless my day, God, amen. Good luck, it's the good luck prayer. Or I'm going into the test or the meeting and I do like this and it's the good luck prayer. That's okay, I'm not telling you that, but I'm saying sprinkle a little water on your hands is not bad, it's good, but it's not really gonna make you clean. You need to get in there, okay? And you need to get in there, okay? And remember in the COVID and the thing, the happy birthday, like that, okay? And we need to get it in between there, okay? And we need to get some soap in there, okay? In the little nooks and crannies, some of us, the finger, like we need to get in there. And some of us need to do like this, okay? And really get it in there and get it in there. Because that's the only way we're gonna live clean lives. And that's what you want, and that's what I want. And important today, that's what Jesus is telling us that he wants, and that he has come to do. Last thing I'll leave you with was the psalm that was read to us, was sung to us in that beautiful tune. It says, for you, with you is the fountain of life. For with you is the fountain of life. Again, the idea of water and washing and life. In your light, we see light. In your light, we see light. Again, that blindness and the light. The only way that we are going to see light and live in light and be able to live and see and live as we were designed to live is in His light. In the washing 
in his light, in his word, in prayer, in godly fellowship, that's where the eyes get clean, the eyes here get clean, everything gets clean, and then all of a sudden, we live in his fountain of light. Because that's who God designed us to be. It's not people who live as slaves to fear, anxiety, distorted thinking. Designed us to live as people who are living above that, okay? And that's my prayer for you and for me and for all of us. Glory be to God forever. Amen.